Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails Podcast Holiday Edition. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. Ryan Bonaparte. And we're doing something a little different today. It's going to probably be the last podcast of the year. Uh, take a little time off for uh, celebrating the holidays. But today, uh, we're coming to you on Friday, December 23rd, is when this is being recorded. Hopefully, we'll come out on Christmas Eve. Uh, for those of you uh, who are a little bit older than Ryan, who is roughly uh, 19 years old, uh, you oh, may have <laughs> you you may know of uh, the Seinfeld created holiday Festivus. Uh, well, that is today. It is it is uh, in history and in show. It is uh, celebrated on December 23rd. So we're gonna do a little bit of uh, Festivus airing of grievances. So. If anyone is not familiar with that show, uh, it's a Festivus is a made-up holiday from uh, Frank Costanza, who felt uh, that Christmas had been too commercialized. So instead of a Christmas tree, he put up an aluminum pole uh, at the Christmas dinner. Instead of you know going around and saying how we've you know loved each other all year, or kind of like a Thanksgiving, what you're thankful for, everybody went around and they aired grievances with their friends and family. Uh, and then there was, of course, later on, the feats of strength. So we're each going to give you a sports grievance that we have uh, and kind of talk that through a little bit. We'll take a short break, uh, come back, and then tell you what's on our Christmas wish list uh, coming up for the holiday season. So, Ryan, uh, do we want to talk about the New Orleans game? I mean, Purdue walked to a victory with no Zach Eady. Is there anything else we need to know? Yeah, there's not much to say. It was break game for the players. Mackey showed up even without students, so that's always worth mentioning. Yeah, so, yeah. very good day. Yeah, and first, My girlfriend was actually in the alumni band. Excellent, excellent. What does she play? Trumpet. Okay, there you go. Um, and it, it is cool because it was history uh, the first time Purdue had played in Mackey Arena as the number one team. So uh, that was a pretty cool thing to happen. Um, hopefully it will not be the last time. So there we go, uh, Purdue walks to a victory. Zachy did not play, apparently was sick, uh, nothing to worry about, we are told. So uh, not a lot to learn from this game. New Orleans, one of the worst teams in the country, and Purdue's next opponent, Florida A&M, not much better, uh, possibly worse. So it uh, could be another game where we don't really need the uh, stellar play of Zach Eady. So, all right, mm-hmm. let's air some grievances. I'm going to go first. I've got this one locked and loaded. I've had it for a long time. Uh, I've mentioned it briefly on the show before, but this was a while ago. Uh, my number one grievance, and since we're mon- mainly focused on basketball right now, this is going to be a basketball grievance. It is with the okay. NCAA and the conferences in general, really, uh, with the quality of the basketball official. And mm. here's here's my main grievance. The Big Ten and the NCAA and, you know, all the other big-name conferences, they make millions upon millions of dollars. Uh why do they why do they have part-time officials? Why are these guys high school principals 
or, you know, whatever they are during the day. I mean, I always say high school principal because I remember Ed Hightower was a high school principal. Um, so he would, like, be the administrator at his high school during the day, and in the evening, you know, four days a week, he's jet-setting around the Midwest, refing these Big Ten games. Like, yeah. what are we doing? I mean, we remember when the NFL had their uh, lockout or strike of the referees, and they had the the scab refs came in. Those guys were terrible. That lasted, what, like one or two weeks before they made so many bad calls that they were like, all right, we got to get the real guys back in. Uh, yep. So why can't the NCAA or the conferences come together and really just be like, look, we need to professionalize this. This is this is big business, whether whether we want to pretend about the, in quotes, student athletes, in quote, uh, thing is real or not. This is big business for the schools, big business for the conference, TV networks. Let, let's just tighten this up and make it a little better because you just you never know what you're getting from one and, game to another and from one and, half to another. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same point, you almost the counter to that is like um, it gives fans something more to yell about. I mean, <laughs> it, it gets them more engaged. I guess that's the only positive, but you just want a consistent um consistently called game throughout the year. Yeah. So I completely agree. I mean, the ref that comes to mind for me was Gene Steratore, who's yeah. literally just an NFL rules analyst. Like and that's probably your best ref for the Big Ten for years. And that's the best you can do. Yeah, it's it's a and, weird situation. Mm-hmm. It's definitely you can definitely create a job with that and make it a you know, their profession. You would it's think. You would think viable. And you know, you every sometimes when I bring this up on Twitter or mention it anywhere uh, with other sports fans, some people say, "Well, you know, there's the human element, and there's going to be mistakes." But that's just what sports is. And it's like, no, no, you you wouldn't say that about any other thing, like any other profession or any any other um, event. You wouldn't be like, "Well, yeah, sure, they got it wrong, and the other guy should have won." But you know, that's that's what makes it great. They get it wrong sometimes. Like, no. And the the thing that comes to mind right now, given that the World Cup just ended, and spoiler alert, I'm not a not a soccer guy, um, but they had this, their the ball for the World Cup had like a chip in it, and they plugged it in before games, and they could track where exactly the ball was for offsides purposes and all that. And like, that that is stuff that can easily translate to other sports. I mean, football, of course, with crossing the goal line, crossing the first down marker, whatever they need to do, they can obviously track that similar uh, that they did this ball in the World Cup. But, I mean, just professionalize it, for God's sakes. It's not that hard. Just put some money into the problem, and you'll solve it. We'll still complain about the refs, sure, but at least we'll know that this is actually their job, and there might be punishment or consequences when they do poorly. So yeah, I that's, agree. So that's my airing of my grievance. Um, Ryan, do you have one? I mean, it doesn't have to be Purdue-related. It can be any sport-related, but, you know, a little touch of Purdue wouldn't be bad in there. Yeah, um, I would say, so this is pretty relevant considering uh, National Signing Day was this week. Mm -hmm. Um, It's people on Twitter who like to tweet at recruits. Oh, absolutely. Love it. Yes, do it. Like, they make their decision for a reason— it is their life, you know, this will effectively, you know, it will change their entire future, just don't tweet at them. They don't need that. That's right. So, I mean, I actually 
kind of going back to Purdue, on my flight home to Chicago, I was talking to um, one of the players on uh, UNC basketball. He's a freshman, Jalen Washington. Okay. He's from Gary. So, of course, he got an offer from Purdue. Um, so, you know, but you congratulate him. He didn't ultimately choose Purdue. He chose what was best for him, and you let him go about his way. That's sports. Just don't tweet it, players. It's fundamentally wrong. Yeah, and it's so creepy and weird because mm-hmm. it's like you're tweeting at like a 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid about where you think they should go to school, and it's just like, buddy, you don't know anything about this person. You know exactly. absolutely nothing about them. You have got to tone it down a little bit. It's embarrassing for you. It's embarrassing for the school that you're tweeting about. And I mean, it no no person who like tweets at recruits ever looks good. You know, you've never seen an account that focuses on that and been like, "Yes, I really want to follow that account and be like that person." And you almost think of it in the opposite way as well. Like, do you then if you're sending them encouraging tweets, do you send that to them? it's kind of a gray area, but I think more people shy to, okay, you're supporting them. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, if you're like sending like a congratulations or a boiler up when somebody commits that I'm fine with, but don't be like when they say like, you know, blessed to receive an offer from Purdue. Don't be like Purdue sucks. Go to Duke. Or, you know, like, (laughs) like that's just weird, man. You got to, you got to figure out what is going on in your life that made you become this person because something has gone wrong. Yeah. So I wonder what those people would say in real time if they met a player, because obviously if you're behind the window of Twitter, you can say whatever you need to, unfortunately. Right. Well, so um, if those people saw them in, you know, in real life, what would they actually say to them? But, I find it hard to believe uh, that these people would say anything of the sort uh, exactly. to, to these uh, soon-to-be college athletes. So I, I really doubt they would have the, the gall or the courage to go up and say, like, hey, you know, Purdue sucks. You should go to IU. You should go to Duke or, you know, something like – or, like, your decision was stupid. I hope you mm-hmm. fail. Because, like, you see a Especially lot of Especially when they're 6'10 and towering over <laughs> right. you. Right, yeah. I mean, it's – you know, the, the Twitter account that I really enjoy, uh, Message Board Geniuses, I think it is, where they just tweet out horrible takes from all these, uh, you know, rivals or 247 or on three message boards of people who are like, well, this guy quit on us. I hope he has a terrible life after blah, blah, blah. It's just like you you and I are, are pretty big sports fans, take sports seriously. But my goodness, so many of these people need to like, as they say, touch grass like go in the real world for a little bit because things are not quite as uh as desperate as they seem on your message board. Right. Yep. So, um I mean, I I would say that's my major grievance right now, especially I, since it's just it's been going on all week. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It is a perfect use of the airing of grievances. So, what we're going to do now, take a break, come back and tell you what is on our Christmas wish list. Yippee. And we are back. So, as promised, Ryan and I are going to give you what is on our Christmas wish list. Uh, I just told Ryan right before we started recording this, though, I'm going to put some caveats on it. You know, it's like uh, in in Aladdin when the genie comes out and he's like, you know, there are three things I can't do. Which, pop quiz, Ryan, what are the three things the genie can't do with his wishes in Aladdin? Can't make someone love you. Yes. Can't bring back someone from the dead. Yes. Oh. Oh, Come on. I I know the third one. Hold on. 
Nope. I, I, I lost it for right now. You can't wish for more wishes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Let- that's something I would have done. Definitely. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Of course. Of course. So I wanted to make it a little more difficult. So your number one thing in your Christmas wish list can't simply be a Purdue Final Four or Purdue National Championship. We all know that's on our wish list. That's on everybody's wish list that's a Purdue fan. So I'm looking for more specific things. And since I just kind of dropped this on Ryan right before we started the segment, I will go first. Um, What I want for this Purdue basketball team, number one on my wish list, is I want this team to remain healthy through the entire season. Because I think this team has so much potential and so much talent that I think if they maintain you know, grades, if they maintain health, if they maintain uh, no injuries, I think we could get that thing at the top of our Christmas wish list. You know, we could get to a Final Four. We could get to a national title. Uh, But without remaining healthy, you know, everything can just be a house of cards. You never know what pulling out one thing is going to do for you. And as a Purdue fan, I think I'm always worried about injuries, you know, given the, the horrible past of, you know, Hummel, 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 uh, Isaac Haas, you know, we, we could go on and on. Um, but though that is, that is my number one wish, um, just that the team stays healthy, stays, stays physically, you know, tip-top shape so that they can reach that potential that I think we all see at this point. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That was what I was going to say, but, but <laughs> that's why I, That's why I get to go first. I'm the host. I can, I can yeah. take things away from you like that. Very go. very okay. Grinch like of me to just take that right from you. Oh, that's okay. Uh, um, hmm. It could be basketball. Working. It could be football. Uh, it could be volleyball. <laughs> it could be anything. Okay. Um, it's a little. It seems a little too easy just to say on my wish list would be a Citrus Bowl victory. I think that's a bit too easy. Still so, good. Still good. Um, I would say as of right now on my wish list would be. Championship 25. Okay. All right. So Big Ten regular season 25. I think the this team has definitely worked so hard to be where they are. I think they deserve to get that magical 25th. So um, if, if that just happens to be against Indiana, that would be <laughs> a little magic on top. That but, would be nice. Um, getting to that 25th would be... Very nice, and I think to do it, that also goes in tandem with yours, and they have to remain healthy. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, I mean, no one really in the Big Ten is kind of blowing folks away. I think Wisconsin has been quite the surprise, but you can never truly count Wisconsin out of the top four of the conference. Um, But, I mean, you know, IU is playing like McNeese State right now, I think, and they are like Mm -hmm. barely winning. Or I'm sorry, Kennesaw State. They're only up by three with just 15 minutes left in the second half, uh, and they were and they down. Lost Xavier Johnson for the yeah. foreseeable future. So yeah, that's so, a big blow for that team. So yeah, I so, mean, nothing is stable. It seems in no, the Big Ten this no, year. No, so it's going to be an interesting Big Ten race uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Big Ten championship number 25 would be a great little, uh, a great little stocking stuffer. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've got one more uh, that is football related, and okay. what I would like uh, I'm going to put aside the end of this season uh, because you know I think the with the number of opt outs and transfers into the portal the the bowl game is going to be tough 
mm-hmm. I think everyone knows that. I think everyone acknowledges that, and that's okay. Um, bowl games, if you're not in the college football playoff, are kind of just like the topping on top of a, a Sunday. But you know, we've got there. Uh, we won our our division, and that was huge. So what I want right now, what is on my wish list uh, for this football team is to finish hiring this staff and wind up with a really great offensive line coach. Okay. Uh, Because Purdue has done their best when they have a good offensive line, Mm -hmm. Um, when they can anchor uh, a good running game or, you know, a decent enough running game. But now we've got Maccabee, it could be a good running game to go with slinging the ball around 20 to 30 times or more a game. And you have your best, best chance to do that when you've got a good line. And I think if Purdue could find some, you know, grizzled old offensive line coach who's been in the game for like, you know, 20 or 30 years, because, you know, we've got a lot of young guys on the new staff so far. Um, So I think some grizzled old veteran uh, who's done nothing but offensive line and just loves to get down in the trenches uh, would be huge for this team. So, So that's on my wish list. Yeah, um, I did. I believe someone in our group chat kind of mentioned it briefly. They thought um, possibly like a Kirk Barron, you know, Purdue guy oh, yeah, working coached at Oregon. That might be a good fit. I mean, I don't know how I don't know the validity of that potential move, but I just I like the name to come out. You know? Yeah, yeah. But he he wouldn't fit my grizzled old veteran, but, you know, uh, if we're if we're sticking with the young, young staff, everybody's young. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he would certainly make some sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that'll be, that'll be effective having, you know, a cohesive unit there. Like you said, they always play better when they have a good offensive line that you can anchor off of. So yeah, definitely look forward to it. Especially with the quarterback position being such a question mark next year. Um, I think, right. you know, finding a way to protect that quarterback, whoever it may be, uh, would be huge. So, um, do you have any more things on your Christmas wish list, uh, Purdue sports related, or you know, even if you've got a, a, a pro sports related one? Ooh, I mean, well, I had a second Purdue one, sort of. It was I would like to see um, a potential high transfer in at quarterback for Purdue. Okay, I know uh, Purdue has some up and comers, but they just don't have the experience quite yet. So. Yeah. I think if Ryan Walters can make a splash and get a high-end quarterback, that would be a nice use for this year. Yeah. Now, yeah. for pro sports, this is going to be a weird take, but my hope is that the Chicago Bears lose their next two games. <laughs> draft picks? Absolutely. Get a top-two draft pick and get Justin Fields some weapons. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the only way for your team to get better is for them to lose. Uh, so yep. I res- I respect it. You know, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that's what it takes in these uh, professional leagues where you're guaranteed a better draft the more you lose. So um, I've got one more quick Purdue one I want to throw out, and that is for the okay. Purdue women's team, women's basketball team, to return to the NCAA tournament. Uh, would just love that to happen. Katie Geralds is working her butt off. Uh, the team had mm-hmm. one of their best non-conferences in years. So I hope they can hold it together during conference season. Would love to get them back in the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. They more than deserve it. Yep. So there we go. Uh, We wanted to keep this one short because coming out on on, uh, Christmas Eve, but we want to give a shout-out to all our listeners. Thank you all for giving us a listen. Um, You know, I've been doing this now for almost uh, two, 
football seasons and uh, season and a half of basketball now. So uh, it's been really a, a lot of fun to talk with with Purdue fans. Uh, first Casey and now with Ryan. So I really appreciate everybody who listens. I appreciate my co-host Ryan and before him Casey. So I'm really glad you guys are all along for the journey. Wish you nothing but the best in your holiday season. Uh, hope you have a lot of good food, a lot of good time with family, and I hope you get everything that you want on your Christmas list. We'll check with you next time. Absolutely. You guys make us holly jolly. Boiler up. Hammer down. Thank you.